1: Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiki and Zach Razzuto.
0: All right, let's get into some wide receivers for this week. We have the usual suspects at the top of the wide receiver rankings. You, you know, you know who you're starting in that upper echelon. I did move Keenan Allen up to my wide receiver three on the week. You know, his usage is just bananas right now. Mike Williams is out for the year. So 32% target share for Allen on the year. Right now, he's just balling out. Okay. Um, I have Diggs, Adams, Jamar Chase. Up there, obviously, um, Olavia have him at seven against Tampa. Uh, I'm not sure that most people have realized this, but Olavia has been running a lot more routes from the slot this year. Uh, he's still the he's still primary perimeter, but 42% of his routes from the slot this year so far. He's going to avoid Carlton Davis a good amount, although Davis hasn't really been lights out this year anyway. But Tampa is giving up the 10th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers and the second most to wide receivers who line up on the left perimeter. And Olave has run 63% of his routes from those spots so far this year. He's averaging 100 receiving yards per game, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. And I think that's coming. Could be this week. Jameis Winston is going to be heaving that rock down the field at him. We, We know that for sure.
1: Yeah, and could that increase his touchdown upside? Maybe. You know, the Saints offense hasn't been explosive. It's been good enough, you know, to get them some wins. They kind of cooled off at the end of the game last week against the Packers. You know, obviously they allowed the comeback, didn't do a whole lot of scoring, any scoring at all, I don't think, in the second half. But um, with Jameis Winston, a quarterback, I think they're going to be fine. We talked about this a little bit earlier this week on the podcast. I think that Derek Carr and Jameis Winston are very similar in that they want to push the ball downfield. Um, Jameis Winston, he's going to spread the ball out, I think, a little bit more. But I'm not worried about Chris Olave at all. You mentioned those touchdowns coming. I think that's definitely something that we can expect sooner rather than later for Chris Olave because he's still – He's looking like one of the best receivers in the league, not just like, you know, second year receivers. We talk about the breakouts that he could have um, him, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, not only out of those guys, obviously he's having the best season, but just among wide receivers in general, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's one of the top graded players overall in the NFL right now in mm-hmm. PFF. Like he's doing his thing and he's getting those targets. The way he's producing is actually really encouraging because he's had three like, good performances without touchdowns. And if you can get that on a weekly basis, like you're getting it with Chris Olave, when those touchdowns do come, we're talking like wide receiver one, two finishes on the week, if you can get those. So I'm in on Chris Olave this week and the matchup against the Buccaneers. They just got torn up in the rain (laughs) by AJ Brown. Um, So I, I think that he has a good shot of coming through this week.
0: I'm with you, man. I have Puka Nakua at number eight this week among all wide receivers. He's in a pretty good spot this week, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's in a fantastic spot. But don't you find it hilarious that Puka Nakua he had his first quiet game of his career in week three, and people were up in arms about him not coming through for them? Like <laughs> This is a guy that spotted you 30 points that you weren't supposed to have right off the gun in week two. And I'm not even going to say anything about week one because nobody had him in their lineup in week one unless they were really desperate. He had 21 points that week two. So this is a guy, like I said, we talked about him. You weren't supposed to have this value, but now you do. You can't get upset over one matchup. But the scenario that you're walking into right here with Puka Nakua, this is a guy that's got a 33% target share in the season, thirty-one percent air yard share, going into a matchup against the Colts defense that's allowed the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers so far. And remember, can you name any Colts corner off the top of your head right now? Go. No, you can't.
0: Yes, I can.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, who you got? Who you got?
0: I got um, let's see. Nope, we can't. Dallas, Dallas. No. Isn't there, isn't Dallas there Flowers, don't they have a yes. Dallas That's Flyers, the only so one yeah. that you can
1: remember because I think he's banged up. I think if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> something like that. They're very young and they've allowed a lot of points already so far. Puka. He is not just a utilization King. Like you can look at receivers who have these utilizations, like 33% target share, 31% yard share. You can see that on Fantasy life, you know, awesome tools over there. Looking at the game log, you can see every week. Um, but he's not just a utilization king. He's turned that opportunity into production. He's leading all rookies in yards per route run right now at 2.68, which is also good for ninth in the NFL overall among all wide receivers. And he's been, for a back, lack of a better turn, the poor man's Cooper Cup. <laughs> and Stafford's dropping it back, dropping back to pass at the third highest rate in the NFL. I mean, you can't tell me there's anything not to like about this matchup. Last week, he was a little bit... He he didn't come through so much. Matthew Stafford was a little off, but he was also coming off of that. They called it an oblique injury, something like that. He should be healthier this week going into a great matchup. Puka Nakura should go back to doing the things that we saw him do in the first two weeks. And
0: by the way, um, things aren't super optimistic when it comes to Cooper Cup's return. It does not look like he's coming back week five. It's not, yeah, we were just talking about that. Like we're not hearing anything. And it turns out that we did hear something yesterday. And it wasn't ideal. And they're hoping that Cooper Cup can come back at some point was the words. And that's not what you want to hear. We want to hear, yeah, he's on track to make his return week five. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, he might need another week. Not we're hoping that this is going to be okay. And if you have Cooper Cup and you've been banking on him coming coming back week five, this is not ideal at all. No. So, I think,
1: yeah, good. I think you say I think you have to go into week five, assuming you're not going to have him. That's what I would yeah. do. Then you cover your bases, and if you end up having him, then that's fine. But you can't assume that he's going to be back at this point with the report that we just heard.
0: I guess I'm starting Adam Thielen for the rest of the season in my Yahoo league. Oh well,
1: yeah, we, we I went against Andy Austin Eckler.
0: I, I went against. Check this out. Check this out. I went against Austin Eckler in that league last year, last week. Okay, All right. Austin Eckler kept. Remember the 49ers played on Thursday night? Mm -hmm. Austin Eckler kept Brandon Ayuk in his lineup. He didn't set his lineup, and he left him in. Okay? Mm. He got zero. Ayuk got a zero, obviously, because he didn't play.
1: Right. I still lost. (laughs) Hey, that's fantasy football for you. That's fantasy football for you. Lost, we had that happen in my one other league. I had another guy who he didn't change, he changed out, he missed two players in his lineup, and he started miraculously. Devon H.A.N. <laughs> he, Unbelievable! He, if he didn't have Devon H., <laughs> he would have finished with like 70 points on the week. But he had Dude. Devon H.A.N. by some miracle Did he win? in his lineup. Yes, he won because he had Devon H.A.N. But he was missing two That's guys so in good. his lineup. That was actually my cousin. Oh my god, it's hilarious. If he's listening to this. Hilarious! You know, I'm just it's shutting just you really out weird. right there.
0: <laughs> 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 that's so good that's so good man oh my god all right about the wide receivers i have aj brown at nine uh, i had amon ross sitting at 10 coming into thursday night he ended up saving a night with the touchdown i i did predict him to go under 72 and a half receiving yards last night on underdog that one worked out this is three games in a row now where amon Ra went under 60 yards receiving against the packers okay so i'm gonna so i'm gonna keep an eye on there Um, All right. So moving out of our top 10, let's talk about some matchups that we like this week outside the usual suspects. If Debo Samuel plays, I want him in my lineup this week. We talked about the man zone splits between him and Ayuk. Arizona plays zone at a 65% clip. So that's considered high. So that would favor Debo, which is why I have him ranked as my wide receiver 15 on the week. So pretty high for him. Uh, He is dealing with a rib and a knee injury. So kind of banged up. There is a chance he doesn't play, but we'll see. Um, He did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so and uh, if he doesn't play, can Kittle would obviously get a bump uh, if he were to be out. OK, um, I have DK Metcalf at 13 this week against the Giants. I'm really interested in this matchup against Deontay Banks, which is, you know, who is the Giants first round rookie corner. He's been playing very well over the first three weeks of the season. Uh, he's allowed the third least fantasy points to wide receivers running routes on his side of the field. Um, and that is where Metcalf gets most of his run from. Um, this is still a behemoth of a man, um, you know, pause as 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 my, my <laughs> underdog uh, guy Cameron would say uh, in DK Metcalf. So I'm not really worried. I'm just interested to see if Banks, you know, is a corner that we might need to worry about moving forward because he did show some good things in the first few weeks of the season.
1: Right. He did. And I- I'm not too worried about D.K. Metcalf in this matchup. Geno Smith, the thing for me that's most encouraging about D.K. DK Metcalf moving forward is that Geno Smith has looked more like Geno Smith the past two weeks. That first week, I was a little worried, especially against the Rams. I was like, I don't know, you know, this could it be a flash in a pan? Geno Smith put those worries to rest pretty quickly. He's back to throwing at a high volume. He threw 26 pass attempts in week one, and now he's up to 36 and 41 over the past two weeks. That's exactly what we like to see. I still have my quips about the way they're using Jackson Smith and the Jigba. We'll talk about that some other time because it's just stupid the way they're using him right now. But Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, you know, you mentioned he has a good matchup against Deontay Banks. We'll see how it goes. I I think that DK Metcalf can be started this week. And you don't really have to worry about him because he's getting the targets that we like to see.
0: I have T. Higgins at 14 this week. I really like him against Tennessee. Joe Burrow isn't at 100%, but he's probably doing better this week than he was last week. And Jamar Chase had a great day. Last week, uh, 85% of Higgins routes are run on the perimeter and the Titans have given up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers so far through three games. According to fantasy life data, he's at his usual 24% target share for the season That's a same exact target share he's had all of last season. So despite a couple of bad games, don't get cute with it. Okay, make sure Higgins is in your lineup because we could see a repeat of what we saw against Baltimore in week two.
1: Yeah, and this has been the nature of T. Higgins' production. You know it's not going to be like perfectly consistent, but when he has those big games, he's winning you your week. That's just the way it is. And Jamar Chase, having him on the other side, has caused that somewhat. The only thing that worries me a little bit with T. Higgins is obviously the way Joe Burrow's playing. He looked a little bit better. He should be a little bit healthier. He looked a little bit better last week. He should be a little bit healthier this week. The matchup, like, do you think the matchup offsets that concern right now? Because the Titans, they're allowing a lot of points. Like, I think there's so. a give and take there. And I'm exactly. looking at T. Higgins and, yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm not sure I like Joe Burrow, but at this point, like, can you bet against him? At some point, Joe Burrow is going to turn things around and look like Joe Burrow. And if it's this week in a good matchup against the Titans, not only does it have a higher probability of it happening because it's a good matchup this week, but if it does, you know Joe Burrow can really capitalize, and T. Higgins is going to be a big part of that. So I, I agree with you here. I'm just a little hesit- more hesitant. I might have him a little bit lower than 14, but there's no problem on my end for me if I look at this and say like 14 is not out of the range of outcomes here for T. Higgins.
0: The reason why he's at 14, to be honest with you, is to make sure that, pe- that people know that he should be in your lineup. Like, don't even think about it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's too much upside (laughs) here. Right? You know what I'm saying? There's too much upside for him to be on my bench. Like, even though I might be wary and all that kind of stuff, which I am. I'm not Mm -hmm. like... I don't think this is a slam dunk by any means, but like, make sure he's in your lineup because the upside is too too much to like leave off, leave uh, leave um you know out of your lineup this week. Um, Yeah. Now I have one request for everybody listening: if you can take out just a second to go hit and hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app, that would be amazing. Uh, It would mean the world, and it really helps us out a ton. So, uh, and also if you have the time, rating and reviewing the podcast would mean the world as well. Uh, A lot of questions around Calvin Ridley, uh, and we do. You know, like, we also have some questions, right? Uh, I have him ranked as my wide receiver 16 for the week. He's going up against Atlanta. Revenge game. Revenge oh, yeah. game for Calvin Ridley. Um, unfortunately, the Falcons have been pretty good against wide receivers so far this year. They're allowing the six least fantasy points. Uh, the thing is, the Falcons haven't really faced crazy competition on the perimeter, right? And Which is where they've been more, most stout at this point. The Panthers, they play the Packers, the Lions, right? You know, for the Lions, like Amon Ra runs most of his routes in the slot. The Panthers, their best receiver, Adam Thielen, runs most of his routes out of the slot. So, not the best matchup in the world. I did downgrade him to a wide receiver two this week because of his performances over the last couple weeks. Um, so, we'll see how he fares. Uh, but I think he should be in lineups, though, like, regardless. Like, we do want yeah. that 18% target share that we saw each of the last two weeks to come up. You know, after he had that 30, 35% target share in week one, it was looking so promising. Um, right. I think he can he can bounce back at some point. If it's not this week, you know, hopefully next week. But I think at some point he's going to at least at the very least be a high end wide receiver too, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's how he should be ranked. And then you look at Calvin Ridley; you mentioned that target share has come down a little bit. The offense overall has just not looked good. And like I I keep going back to this with the Jaguars; I think it's going to turn around. And he, they're in this funk right now. Trevor Lawrence; he's playing good, but they're just having like these bad these bad streaks of just bad calls bad outcomes for these plays like a bunch of drop touchdowns in week two against the chiefs like all this stuff is happening it's going to get corrected as the season moves forward and calvin ridley i'm not worried about him at all you know you mentioned him the the, the falcons who there have allowed some of the lowest fantasy points to receivers i think that's something that's it's like fake. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily yeah. indicative fake of news, fake news. what they're doing. It's not, yeah, fake news. You could go like that. But what you're <laughs> seeing is a lot better than you know what we might see after this game. I don't uh, I agree that the Falcons haven't been tested on the outside. I think that Trevor Lawrence is gonna be the best quarterback they've played against yet this season. Obviously, against the Panthers, against Bryce Young. You know, you're not really scared of him if you're the if the uh, if you're the Falcons in week one. Jordan Love, he had a quiet game in the one, a relatively quiet game in the uh, game against the Falcons. And then also Jared Goff last week, it was just positive game script, so they didn't have to throw the ball a whole lot. I think that all contributes to that number kind of being a little inflated in terms of how good they are against wide receivers. And this could be a matchup where they're exposed a little bit here. And like you said, maybe there's something to be said for the revenge game aspect of it for Calvin Ridley. I don't think it was, I don't think there's like bad blood between them, but I think definitely here playing against his old team, he has a shot to turn things around.
0: I think he's going to kill it. Revenge game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper's at 19 for me this week. Another good matchup at home against Baltimore. Their secondary is banged up still. They've given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers so far through three games. Uh, I have Elijah Moore down at 40, so he's a solid flex play this week with Marlon Humphrey still not practicing. And Elijah Moore did get nine targets last week. He, call, he caught all nine of those targets. He's at a 25% target share on the year, according to Fantasy Life Utilization Report. So kind of sneaky moving forward. Uh, If Deshaun Watson starts playing well, like he did last week, we could see Elijah emerge as a more reliable option. And on a per route basis, Elijah's averaging more targets than Amari Cooper right now. But overall, you know, Baltimore has given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year. So Cooper is a great play.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. And it's interesting for me. You look at Elijah Moore. He had it. Pretty decent target share. You know, the first two weeks at 23 and 22, according to fantasy life right here and jumped to 29 last week. But what changed when he got that jump in target share was his air yard share. It went from 24 and 29 the first two weeks down to five. (laughs) like they weren't targeted he was it was all underneath stuff it was all in the backfield that kind of stuff It was there was nothing going on downfield for Elijah Moore I think he has that in his game so I'd like to see that you know continue moving forward like they did in the first two weeks I'm not too worried about that not happening I think they will get back to that but Amari Cooper is still the play here he's the wide receiver one clearly but Elijah Moore he's looking like that second option in the receiving game which is really encouraging you know we were talking about that coming into the season could he be that It looks like they're using him the way the Jets should have when he was with them in New York because Elijah Moore, he's got the talent, 100%. And the way that the offense looks for the Browns, I think they're still working through some things. Deshaun Watson's still getting back up to speed, but last week was definitely encouraging. You know, Obviously, it was a good matchup for him last week, but if Deshaun Watson can keep playing like he did last week, which still isn't even – his ceiling we've seen that you know those years with the texans he's not even close to being at that point yet if he can continue to improve elijah moore could become more reliable as a starter moving forward i think we could see him higher than 40 in a few rankings you know moving forward agreed
0: man uh i really like jacoby myers this week as well It, it really hinges on whether jimmy G plays or not uh he did get a limited practice on thursday you know he's still in the concussion protocol though so But getting a limited practice on Thursday is a good sign. We'll see what happens today. Uh, Still up in the air at this point, though. Uh, We mentioned earlier this week in the buy-sell episode to go get Jacoby. Okay, 38% target share, 27% target share. And this week against against the Chargers, who have been giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, uh, lining up on the right side, and the second most to slot wide receivers. And Jacoby runs 79% of his routes combined from those two spots. Okay, so needless to say, he has a pretty good matchup this week. I have him at wide receiver 23, uh, but I would move him down just a little bit if Jimmy doesn't go.
1: Yeah, I agree with you here. I think it does hinge on Jimmy Garoppolo playing. I think he has a chance to play, if I'm not mistaken. I, I saw a report that he was practicing he does. this week. Yes, so, exactly. That's encouraging, definitely. This is exactly the type of matchup you want, like you mentioned, with Jacoby Myers, especially if Jimmy G goes. like He's going to continue to play well. The concern is if a backup would come in, like Brian Hoyer or uh, Aiden O'Connell, Like, if one of them would come in, they're probably going to key in on their top weapon, which is going to be Devontae Adams. I'm not worried about Devontae Adams in this matchup at all. Fantastic matchup for him. He's going to be fine. But Jacoby Myers, he's going to be good if Jimmy G plays, like you mentioned. I think the floor is a little lower if Jimmy G doesn't play, because I'm not sure they're going to key in on Jacoby Myers like they would uh, Devontae Adams. But I'm with you on this one. And with the buy thing, we talked about it on the episode before. We don't have to reiterate it. Like, Jacoby Myers, it's not new for him to be... You know, demanding targets. He's been doing this his whole time, the whole time in his career, even on a bad Patriots offense.
0: Hundred percent. And so I have Nico Collins and Tank Dell back to back in my rankings. Zach, what do you think of these two guys this week?
1: So uh, I think it's hard not to love them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not just for fantasy, but just in general. And having them back to back, I think makes sense because they both have like this. Element to their game that's different than the other. Nico Collins is usually the deep yeah. threat, and Tank Dell is usually the guy underneath running intermediate routes. That role kind of switched last week, but I think that's just going to keep happening moving forward. Not only do the Texans have a great matchup against the Steelers this week as they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points of wide receivers, but C.J. Stroud, he's also drop, dropping back at the second highest rate of any quarterback in the NFL. And his 140 dropbacks are the most in the NFL you know, as of week three. Obviously, last night the game would skew those numbers, but 140 dropbacks, obviously very high through three games. And that's allowed all three of the Texans' top receivers, you know, Collins and Dell, and then also Robert Woods out of nowhere to see 20 targets apiece so far this season. Stroud's been really accurate and I really love the way he's playing right now. You know, he's delivering a catchable ball over 70% of the time to all three of the receivers that I mentioned before. And the Texans are going to be competitive. And it's not just going to be like this fluke thing through these first three weeks where they're going to be competitive. They're going to be competitive all season. And in this game with the Steelers with a high passing volume, like we've seen, you know, Dell and Collins, they should be able to get it done for you as wide receiver threes with pretty good upside.
0: Yeah, I would say so, man. Um, Pittsburgh has given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers running routes on the left perimeter. That's where Nico is lining up on a majority of his perimeter routes. So I have him ranked over tank by one spot this week. They're sitting at 24 and 25. So both kind of low end fringe wide receiver twos for me this week. Ranked over tank. Um, (laughs) that's what <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Carlton Sutton, he's received pretty good usage the last two weeks with Judy in the fold, 27% and 29% target share, respectively. Uh, and now he gets a good matchup against the Bears on the left perimeter where they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So Sutton ranked, you know, he, he runs almost 50% of his routes from that left side, so he's in a good spot this week. I have met wide receiver 27. I have Adam Thielen at 30, Zach. How are you feeling about yeah. him this week with Bryce Young back?
1: Uh, not so good with Bryce Young. Uh, that was my problem, you know, looking at we, – we talked about him as a potential sell, I think it was two weeks ago, and that was after the Monday night game where they scored a touchdown late, and that, that that was it. You know, Adam Thielen's production came on that touchdown, and I said that he should be a sell. And then Andy Dalton comes in, and he throws for hundreds of yards, and Adam Thielen <laughs> suddenly wide receiver one. And this is the second – this maybe maybe the more notable revenge game. He's going against the Vikings here. No, I'm kidding. That's right. But That's right. Anyway, it's the Adam Thielen no. revenge
0: game. Don't do- – and- Zach, do not, do not downplay this revenge game. Do not I, – I do not <laughs> do it. Okay, this is this is huge this is, huge.
1: this is huge. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you got to upgrade. I'm moving Adam Thielen up in my rankings as we speak. Go ahead, though. Please, It I'm has sorry. to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the Adam Thielen revenge game, he's really the only reliable wide receiver for the Panthers in fantasy through the first three weeks. And Bryce Young's our quarterback again, so I think that ceiling has to come down a little bit. And it's another one of these like give and take things. Where we talked about, you know, like T. Higgins, the matchup is good, but Joe Burrow might not be completely healthy. Here, it's the matchup is good, but the quarterback might not be that good because it's Bryce Young. But the matchup is good enough against the Vikings to make him a worthwhile start as a high-end wide receiver three. They're allowing the third most fantasy points wide receivers overall this season. And something to keep in mind is that Thielen had a twenty-six percent target share last week, even with DJ Chark in the lineup, who had nineteen percent target share himself. That was with Andy Dalton at QB. We did hear reports coming in the season that Chark and Young, they had a strong connection in camp, and they'll be on the field for the first time together together this season, DJ Chark and Bryce Young. Not saying it's going to happen, but it looks like there's a chance that DJ Chark could have a higher target share than he did last week coming off of that injury, and Bryce Young at quarterback. I don't want to pump the brakes too hard here on Adam Thielen because like we said, it's a revenge game, but it's something to keep in mind because we know DJ Chark, he was lighting it up in camp with Bryce Young.
0: I have Terry McLaurin at 33. He could see a lot of Darius Slay in this game, but he's had success against Slay in the past. So I'm not super worried about that. The Eagles have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers, the eighth most to perimeter wide receivers, and they've been just vulnerable all over the field. So I'm not like super concerned about McLaurin this week, but what I am concerned about is his overall target volume right? He hasn't received that elite target share this year. Um, you know, the, the ball's kind of being spread around a little bit too much. Um, that's, that's the thing that's concerning about McLaurin, not getting that, like, you know, t- those 10 plus target games that you would want an elite wide receiver like
1: McLaurin to get. Right. And, and part of that I think comes with Sam Howe, you know, being a quarterback and he's only making it, I think it was his fourth start and last week it was just abysmal, you know, obviously against the Bills. He couldn't get anything done in the game in the passing game. Sam Howell had four turnovers. Like, that's not what you want to see from your quarterback. But outside of that, like Terry McLaurin, he's been sitting in that range. I think he can get it done for you as a wide receiver three. But you mentioned it, like the target share isn't there for have for him to have those boom games and that ceiling is something that he doesn't have right now. And honestly, I don't think he really had this whole time coming into the season because Jahan dodson's there and it looks like they want to use the ground game with brian robinson and antonio gibson even though brian robinson is dominating that like it doesn't look like they want to put too much on sam howell's shoulders so that target share isn't there it's not a ridiculously high passing volume but he's also distributing the ball i'm not thinking that terry McLaurin's going to be like a common uh finish he's going to finish commonly inside the top 24 and that's just like disappointing because we know the type of receiver he is and he's dealt with you know, tough QB play his whole career, so we'll probably be left hanging still for the next couple of weeks at least. I think it can get better. I think if Sam Howell, you know, starts picking up a little bit, gets more comfortable in the offense, Terry McLaurin can start to see those target shares. But it's not going to happen soon.
0: By the way, our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one app. I know you have accounts on all these different betting apps. You have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not and you lose track of where you place certain bets and all that. It gets confusing, but not anymore. Not with better vision. All of your bets tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. And most of you do that anyway. You know, you like a play, you look through all your apps for the best odds, and then you play on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app, right? And then you just click on the bet you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. So go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or just go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R, Vision in the App Store today. Now, there are a few matchups that I'm not super thrilled about at wide receiver. Zay Flowers is one of them against Cleveland. You know, they've they, they have given up the least fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Michael Pittman uh, doesn't have the, the best matchup either. He will get the volume, though, most likely. Um, but the Rams have been pretty stout on the outside, giving up the fifth least fantasy points to wide receivers so far through three games. But that being said, I'm still starting him as a wide receiver too, okay? George Pickens, don't love his matchup. The Texans have given up the seventh least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers so far this year. DeAndre Hopkins, I really don't want to play him <laughs> again since, you know, who, they've given up the third least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. Um, out of those options, uh, I'm going to take Michael Pippen out of this because I'm assuming that would be your answer. Who is the guy that you would most likely play out of this group between Zay Flowers, George Pickens, and DeAndre Hopkins?
1: It has to be Zay Flowers for me. And I'm a big Zay Flowers fan. Um, he's getting the target share. And Michael the Michael Pittman obviously would have been my pick. He's getting the target share. Zay Flowers is the one that's getting the most consistent target share here. And I talked about George Pickens. I think it was on Wednesday's episode about selling him because the target share is there right now, but he's still not doing like a ton with it. And a lot of his production came on one touchdown this past week. So – I'm not in on George Pickens. I don't think that the offense is as good as you know the Ravens can be, especially with Zay Flowers. He's pretty much the guy there. Rashad Bateman and Odo Beckham are both banged up, so he's going to be getting the targets. If not the as the number two, he could be the number one option in this offense, the way that he's been getting targeted from Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews working his way back. And DeAndre Hopkins, I'm just really not interested also. you know, I agree with you here because it's just been an injury saga so far, and it looks like it's hampering him to this point, and it doesn't help having Ryan Tannehill at quarterback – it's going to keep your ceiling pretty low as a receiver. So I'm going with Zay Flowers pretty easily here, even though it is a tough matchup against Cleveland.
0: I I think I'm with you on that one. Uh, And you can check out the rest of our wide receiver rankings and all of our other positional and flex rankings on our website at upperhandfantasy.com.
1: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.